0: Well, welcome to True Works, the podcast that helps you understand how the gospel can transform your life and your work. I am your host, Joshua Smith, and with me is my co-host, Dougie Fresh. Right. Okay, yeah,
1: so that's me. So uh, now you know my— Street name. Street name, yeah. Yeah. Back when I was a dealer, that's what folks would call me. Back? I think it's still a thing. No, yeah. When people who would come up dressed in your kind of jacket there— that's, you were kind of my customer back really? in the day. Yeah. Really,
0: really? Uh, did you, I guess
1: you had a high playing, uh, I had, paying clientele. I had, yeah, I had, I had the best clientele. Wow. But that was then, this is now.
0: Right, that's how you got to where you are now.
1: Uh No, that's how I almost didn't get to get where I was okay. right now. Wherever Thank- I am, I almost not got there. Okay,
0: thanks be to God. Yes. Because today we are talking about a uh, approaching the world, how to change it, in fact. And this is something that is, I don't know, semi-popular uh, among kind of Christian evangelicals go out there and change the world. Now, I'm gonna retract that. This is this kind of a, a, an ethos that goes beyond evangelical or Christians. When we're going out to the world as, say, new graduates, go out and shape it for your liking. Change yeah. it, change it for the good. Uh, high aspirational callings of uh, or pursuits, excuse me, uh, of trying to change it for for the better. Yeah, and why not? Seems like a good idea. Seems like a great idea. Yeah. Uh And and co- of course, doing it for noble reasons is a good idea. The problem, as a practical mind like like yourself mm. will always remind uh, us, theory people, is
1: how. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Um, but I think there's even. I, I mean, I think first of all, let's let's just move. Let's get answer one question. We'll get to how in a moment. But let's answer one question, because James Davidson Hunter and his piece that we're going to ask you to read, and then there's a, a review of his his famous book, How to Change the World, by Andy Crouch, called How Not to Change the World. Um, there's a very important premise, and there are a couple of important. Premises in there. The first is that we as Christians are indeed called to change the world. I think that it is true. Thy kingdom come actually means something. You know, it means that we okay, are. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that we yeah. are called to change the world. And and Javen Davison Hunter's basic point with this is is that if we're called to change the world, how does the world change? Mm. Yeah, how does mm. the world change? And he observes, I think, uh, postures towards culture but also strategies to change culture that are common in the church. The most important of which I think of the strategy of change is that if I just make more people believe as Christians, then the culture will, will change. Yeah. And he has some pretty depressing news for us in that regard.
0: He does. He does. And that's not the only option that is on the table. And in his—well, I guess his book is— entitled the same thing yeah, uh, how, how to, to change, change the world, world. Yeah. and it's a, it's a great book it's it's it gets technical at times he's a sociologist so he needs to do that kind of stuff and there are kind of like three basic postures that you can mm-hmm. take to the world and one of them is and we've mentioned this in previous podcasts, well the world's going to hell in a handbasket i don't really need to involve myself with it like that's god's going to make everything and change the culture when he comes back. My role is kind of, you know, set it out in the dugout, you know, until that happens.
1: Yeah, I guess my role is some, like I've said, I think in our last podcast was about, uh, oh, related subject, but I said, you know, we're concerned with purity. So therefore we withdraw from the world. We we don't, uh, and thy kingdom come. In that context means that Jesus will come back and and do his thing, and and that's when the culture will change. And Mm -hmm. in the meantime, I'm going to withdraw from it and remain pure.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this uh, has its roots, uh, can be traced back to uh, kind of the Anabaptist tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another kind of uh, response is something like, well, culture is made up of individuals. And so in order to change the culture, we need to change those individuals yeah. by conversion. Yeah. And that's really the main target of the piece that we give yeah. you. that That's Hunter's main target, saying that, hey, guess what? We have some bad news for you if that is the kind of cultural process that you seek, yeah. uh, that you will use to change the culture. Why is that bad news, Doug?
1: Well, he has bad news because he points out that uh, the number of Christians um, doesn't necessarily correlate with cultural change Hmm. Hmm. because culture is actually changed, uh, as he might put it, from the top down. It's not changed from the bottom up. And that if you want to actually change the culture, you need to have uh, influence over or control over uh, high centers of culture. What does that mean in practice? That means that you, you need Christians shaping the, the strategy of, of something like uh, the, the New York Times or CNN or Fox News, uh, or you might want them being presidents of universities, shaping their strategies. You might want them in other places of cultural power, uh, making movies. In, in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and without those culture forming and making institutions, then there's almost no amount of uh, Christians created at the if you like at the bottom of the cultural pile, influence pile that will ultimately make a difference to culture mm-hmm. yeah. that will and, and that, he's kind of in effect saying it's not a
0: one for one trade. No right, no. Be, because the influencers in whatever realm you mentioned, several we could also say business. Yeah. those leading corporations, they have more influence yeah. at at their privileged position at yeah. the, uh, positions of leadership and so on in creation than do someone at uh, kind of the grassroots level. Right. And so it's going to be more effective if we're looking for cultural change. To have those positions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And in fact, I think his basic point out of this book is that without that, that, we need to accept the fact that without access to those kind of higher and more influential regions of cultural power, then there will be no cultural change. The change that our, our others will direct culture in a different way. And we should say, I think also, well is that his premise is that we are called to change culture. Hmm. I, I think he, he doesn't really, as you pointed out, spend a whole lot of time critiquing folks who kind of withdraw from culture and say, okay, we're going to— Or we're, assimilate. We're, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the, those camp. are the two, the two extremes, if you yeah. like. So we will completely withdraw or we'll completely assimilate to culture. No, neither of those are the correct posture. And he, there's, there's maybe a, a separation here of two, two different elements of this. So there's the posture towards culture— yeah. That is, we can either withdraw, assimilate, or he has a third option that he gets to later and isn't called faithful presence, right? I see, right? That's the sort of posture, a cultural posture. But there's also the, the mechanism by which culture changes. Mm. And his mm. point is that, you know, even if some of those postures were right, no matter which one is right, then, if you don't get the people at the top of the cultural tree on your side, then you don't make a change. Mm-hmm. So there's the there's there's a what is the appropriate posture towards culture thing yeah. in in Davis and Hunter's piece, and there's also the how is the mechanism how is the mechanism of cultural change how yeah, does it yeah. actually
0: happen? Yeah. What well, What are we supposed to do now that yeah. we've picked one of these no, motivations or exactly. attitudes or yeah. postures? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But he's pretty clear that there's really only as he would put it one option towards our what should our posture be towards culture it should be one of faithful presence as he calls it yeah and yes. every element of work yes yeah yeah
0: so, so let's let's unpack the the very uh every element of work because as you've nicely reminded uh us in this conversation that Hunter starts off as a premise, and he talks about it in chapters in his book that Christians are called to change the world oh they're called to in the creation mandate in uh, the Great Commission, they are called to change the world, change the world and he in his article specifies that notice that we are not simply called to change people. Hmm. we're called to change the world of which people are a part, yeah. but the, yeah. the are, people don't make up everything about the world. There are things mm-hmm. that are kind of above and below mm-hmm. people, uh, people are a part of that we are also called to change. And this ties nicely in, hence our selection of it, of that Jesus himself doesn't just save people. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just redeem people. Jesus redeems the world, the cosmos. Creation, Paul says, is groaning for the day for the re- uh, revealing of the sons of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um we Jesus redemption is cosmic down to our work practices, what Hunter is going to get to the institutions that we find ourselves in, and if we want that to be redeemed, if we want to change that, then there's a specific posture and, as you said, mechanism that we have yeah. to follow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so don't underestimate uh, Hunter's uh, vision, if you like. He is, I think, somewhat pessimistic, I think, overall, um, it seems to me at least, or maybe pessimistic based on where he sits in the, in, uh, in the timeline of, uh, of Christian history, but still— he feels that we are called to change the world and that and that it is the world not merely individuals and he's, and, and i think that is something that as you just illustrated there he he feels that's been largely a mistake of uh, certainly north american christianity is that it's focused on the individual and by doing so actually has not become this powerful cultural force because those there we we didn't control the mechanisms of culture creation or, mm-hmm. or we didn't influence the mechanism of culture creation and 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 therefore the culture that we did produce tended to be kind of uh, ghettoized it was you know it's like christian music as opposed to music yeah know? yeah it's and i he, mean he doesn't really have a lot of time for that stuff yeah yeah
0: yeah i mean we we, we could write a long list yeah. of uh christian films yeah. that are there have been some good ones, but not a lot. Yeah. I mean that's why I have to say some. Yeah, right. well the I thing mean, is have that to
1: qualify. You know, we've talked in the last few podcasts a lot about Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick's movies are are more Christian, and he is not he's not really a believer, it seems. But they are certainly more Christian than many of the attempts of Christians to make film. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean they're more profoundly Christian, more connected to the created nature of what we what we are a part of here. I feel at least, and that's Hunter's point as well, is that the, that just kind of sampling off a piece and kind of making it this part of culture is Christian culture and others are, are or less or less so, yeah. I think has not served this well. And, and his concept of faithful presence is that what we need is we need people who are, have are informed by the Christian worldview, who are Christian people of practice and love and faithfulness but also great writers writing scripts for movies that bring forth the, uh, the fullness of the Christian story. Um, and I think these, it's hard for me. I mean, I teach this, so maybe I'm, I'm predisposed to say this, but it's hard to argue, I think, with that, that we have, that again, somehow we have turned away from many of the good things of the world and, and produced cultural goods that really weren't that great. You well, know? They're just not very good. They're just not that great. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah when you were talking about Malik and being in, in a in a profound way more Christian in yeah. in, in a sense, and we, we, you could nuance that, but I think we under we understand, we understand what, yeah. what what you mean. I mean, you're starting to sound like a Thomist.
1: Because, oh, is that right? Yeah. Maybe you should explain what that actually
0: is. Yeah, yeah. So Thomas, the great Thomas Aquinas, uh, would call uh, Plato and Aristotle, he called Aristotle yeah. the philosopher, because it seemed that even though these two ancient Greek thinkers are writing several centuries before Christ, they are getting it right, the vision of the world, fundamentals about the vision of the world, the nature of the soul, the nature of ethics, so on and so forth, without any contact with, with the Christian gospel. Yeah. And don't we... We maybe have not put it in the way that you uh, have articulated, Doug, that they're more Christian, but I think it's a pretty common experience to, hu- to human experience yeah. to see something so good or so true or something just overwhelmingly beautiful, and we don't know how to exactly say it, but we say, that is so right, that like gets it, mm-hmm. and that's part of—that's actually God's goodness, God's truth, yeah, God's sure. beauty. Yeah. Um and because of God's common grace, because of the things that He's bestowed upon the world, they can get at, the world can get at, and we can be part of bringing and creating these goods and these truths and these these beauties uh, along uh, yeah. uh, uh, in the world. Yeah. But if we don't have this focus, this uh, strategy, to take pains of somehow influencing those at the 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 top of the cultural influence, then our efforts are going to be somewhat in vain
1: yeah so we'll be nuancing this as we go through this because we've we've not really spoken about the second um, uh, the second thing we actually did by Andy crouch but to finish off talking about uh, hunter. hunter yeah um, you know one of the things about hunter it, just, it seems to me is that he's he is trying to tell us something that by isolating ourselves from culture, from deciding that we needed to produce Christian music and not great music that was Christian, we actually have reduced our cultural power. So if we wanted cultural power, we actually chose a poor means by which to get it, right? Mm Turns out that's not the right way to do it. That we kind of ghettoize ourselves, and uh, and we and we don't create bridges into the into the main culture that either we can walk across to reach out to folks, or people can walk across to actually come into the community of Christian faith. That we by doing by doing what we've done, we didn't build the bridges that we need to build, and that's mm. what we need to do. I think that at the end, it seems to me that that, that James Davis and Hunter has is a bit pessimistic that of the of the Of our ability to do that or or that there's a whole bunch of folks out there who are doing it very well other than maybe him so uh well that's uh,
0: that last point is certainly true and that's one point that crouch i think uh makes salient in in a, a very gracious but a clear way yeah that okay hunter if uh if this is kind of the way to go this Kind of faithful faithful presence presence, and cultural influence as uh, at the top of uh, where culture forming happens. Who's doing that other than you, of course? Yeah,
1: Um, and I think so. Andy Crouch, just to introduce him for a minute, because he may or may not be familiar to you guys. Is um, uh, he's an, an author of several books, and we we've got what we've asked you to read is his review of. Of Hunter's uh, book, "How to Change the World," but Andy himself is a writer of several books on culture, creation, and cultural change. Uh, he's also a partner in a group called Praxis, and uh, you have involvement. With yeah, them, and and we we, yeah. we at True Works uh, have uh, partnered with them. I think that's the right word. Uh, and we produce some. Uh, we will produce in 2023 a couple of their local so-called local labs where where early stage ventures and mentors meet together to try and help build these young companies. So his experience, uh Crouches that is, is is one of being part of a, a of an organization that actually seeks to build culture from the perspective of a renewed Christian faith. So if you're part of that praxis movement and you're making Uh, let's say t-shirts and and garments you're making them in a way that is competitive in the marketplace but also reflects this kind of deep sense of 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 being a christian and using the world well and using what the world gives us well if you're uh, if you're another if you're a creative and and you're you're producing music videos or ads for nike or whatever there's a way of organizing the various people and parts in these large productions in a way that honors God. So there are cultural-making institutions there being formed that have this Christian story right at the center, and Andy Crouch is, is part of that movement. And therefore, I think this gives him a platform to look at uh, J.D. Hunter or James Davison Hunter and say, hey— He's at the University of Virginia, I think, isn't it, James? Oh, yeah, for, I, yeah, I think for a long time, very long while. time. Yeah. yeah, so he's at the University of Virginia and said, you know, from your you know, lofty person in the University of Virginia, it may well seem to you that there's not many folks out there that are doing this good work, but from the perspective of, where where I sit, where I'm with these entrepreneurs who are seeking to do the be that faithful presence, I'm a lot more hopeful than you. I think there are there there is a way for us to create culture and create enterprise and business and do things in a way that honors God and uh and and takes the reality of our christian faith seriously there is a way of doing that and boy i've got many examples i could share with you no. yeah the examples
0: that crouch shares was quite uh relevatory to me yeah because he said uh I mean, well he he appraises hunter he agrees with yeah, so sure. much of yeah. so much of hunter but one of the things that he thinks he misses is well i know several entrepreneurs intellectuals and so on who come from non cultural centers and what he means is this kind of institutions that are not in the yeah. ivy league or yeah. the, the that are the not top the university five. of virginia yeah that yeah. are <laughs> not university of virginia which is you know always in the top 15 10 or whatever that are doing great work yeah that are that are making change in this area and that area um, and it, i think you know kind of gave
1: me hope i my
0: oh i'm from a bible college maybe it, god can use me well yeah. for sure
1: he can uh, yes. number one and but secondly i think and importantly i think there is a sense where hunters work which i think is gr- is good and i think it does say something important about cultural change and how we change culture, the basic insight that we can have as many Christians as we want to try and create, but not change the culture because we don't have cultural power and cultural influence. I think that is 100% true, 100% true. The one thing that has changed a lot since he uh, wrote that book in the first place was the rise of social media. And there is a sense there where that has both reaffirmed That's that right. the cultural power mm-hmm. If you're Kim Kardashian, you've got a lot of cultural power. On the other hand, that's also democratized cultural power, where you can have a lot more access to the ability to change cultural power. You don't need you don't need a big lofty perch. You just need compelling content.
0: That's right. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of lowered the prerequisites, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to go through now. Ten yeah. years ago, the of barriers grad of en-
1: the barriers to entry are lowered. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's better. Yeah. yeah. That's even. You're better You're right. Way that to say is better. It. But. As, uh, totally better way to say that
0: yeah that's that's why you're my co-host thank you and the if it's compelling enough if you're beautiful enough or whatever yeah then you don't have this uh so
1: what does that mean it means that i think that there's that we in the past have only had you read james davis and hunter you folks who are doing the the um faith and work intensive. But I think the Crouch review of his work is actually a pretty important corrective because number one, it points out that hey, there are a bunch of people out there that you don't know, James Davison Hunter, that are really doing this work every day and these are great people. Second, we're right we're all living in a time now where the barriers to entry to this cultural power have become have been much more lowered. So culture maker, churches, Christians get on and use those tools and go change the world. So in the end, how to change the world, I think Crouch has a much more positive view that the world can be changed. Yes.
0: Yeah. And he he's also, I think, appropriately less ambitious than Hunter because I to go and to change the world could just be your little piece of the world. Sure, yeah. And that's faithful presence crouch actually likes the idea sure, yeah. but faithful presence may be the influence between you and your three children yeah well you I don't think, have to be at that you know the head honcho at nike
1: yeah for sure and i think the last word about this i think that the um i think for hunter it's almost inevitable that he has to kind of claim the claim the need for high ground because it's intrinsic to his model of cultural change mm-hmm. right whereas i think you, what you see in and in, in crouch is that faithful presence i think correctly articulated that it can be that your circle of influence is where you can make cultural change and the mm-hmm. aggregation of that kind of cultural change ultimately can make a difference yeah or it can become those that big lever of cultural change that will indeed change the world Well, I think that does it for our
0: episode on cultural change, uh, looking at Crouch and James Davidson Hunter. If you want to hear other episodes of the True Works podcast, you can find our episodes on any podcasting platform, or you can visit our website at trueworkshouston.org. Thank you so much and see you next time.